day. Good, good day. Woo. Welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I am Stacy Fleece, and as always, I am here with Samantha Tradelius and Jennifer Tovani. Hi, ladies. Good day. Hello. Stacey good Fleece. day. Good day. It's, it's, a, it's a good day today. It is a good day today. Today is another spectacular day for women ruling the world. That's what I know. And speaking of women who rule the world, we have with us today probably one of the coolest guests, I think, that we've been able to have join us for 30 minutes of banter. We have a battalion chief for a major metropolitan fire department here. We will not name names. We will not name cities. But welcome, Chief. Thank you so much. I'm stoked to be here. I'm stoked to have you. So, um, so I have to this say, is like, a good word for the fire of, chief. <laughs> when I think of um, professions that are uber male dominated, still, like in 2021, which totally. ugh, okay. But uh, when you think of what's out there, like probably near the top of the list is fire departments, and um, you just don't see. Still, to this day, a lot of women in fire departments, and certainly not those that make their way to chief. So uh, congratulations to you, first of all. Thank you so much. Some amazing professional accomplishments. But um, give us a little background. Like, how did you wind up in that arena, which is one of the coolest things ever? Well, it's surprising because um, no one in my family, none of my friends, no one did anything like this before. But... When I was um, a little girl, uh, my mom would send me to Japan uh, to visit my family. And my uh, grandmother lived in this remote town uh, where she built her own, own home, um, grew peaches in the backyard, that type of thing. No one spoke English. Um, I had to sort of learn and fend for myself there. But I learned so much about culture and a, a lot of things that um, really inspired me. And one thing that happened is I was playing with fireworks with my cousin and we caught the tree on fire that was right next to the house. Come and then, on. <laughs> and it was starting to spark this under the house. This is how it started? Yeah. This is how it started. This is how my love for fire and um, wanting to be a firefighter started was this house is about to catch on fire. Oh and my, my grandmother comes running out in her kimono and her getas and she starts throwing water onto the tree. And I just, me and my cousin were just standing there, you know, kind of shocked. And um, she put the fire out. And I, I thought that was so cool. I mean, we were in big trouble after that, but yeah, I, I thought I mean, that was fair. so cool. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. And um, ever since then, I made my mom stop at every firehouse and I would go running in and smell their turnout coats because it smelled like that tree on fire. And I was just addicted. And I, I never thought I would be a firefighter because back then there weren't women. Um, Did but you think I, you would be an arsonist? I, I thought maybe. <laughs> you chose uh, the right maybe. side of that profession. I'm just right. Say. Either an arsonist or a firefighter, whichever one. Either, either you're starting it or putting it out. <laughs> right. So I, uh, I, I was just really motivated at that point, but still not knowing um, that it was even possible. So my growing up in the 70s and the 80s was all about um, stuff that happened in the 70s and 80s. Uh, yeah. I, I grew up in SoCal and um, it was all about clothes and fashion and fun and Madonna and Michael Jackson and stuff like Teenage that. Teenage Girl so, Adventures. Yeah, Big I hair. was a 
typical big hair, blue eyeshadow, frosted lipstick, going yeah. to the with it is, baby. Yeah. Just that's what it was about. So all I ever did was that. I um, was a cheerleader, um, homecoming princess. Um, I never, I never played sports. I actually got kicked off the softball team. Um, I just never did anything that was remotely even related to um, a, a guy's world, you know. Um, so I can honestly see how all this prepared you yeah. to be a professional firefighter. Right. I ended Beyond up lighting like, the tree on fire. I'm not going to any dogs here. And then even after that, even though the women started coming into the field, I still didn't think it was possible. And I went to college in New York City for fashion. I, I studied with Calvin Klein and Donna Karen. Oh um, and uh, I studied the world of fashion. And when I was in New York City, they told me that two women had become New York City firefighters, but they failed. Um, hmm. One made it through probation, but ended up quitting. And the other one never made it through probation. And probation's that first year you're in, you know, you're being tested. And I'm just like, wow, well, it's never gonna happen, you know? And, um, and I don't know, I, I, I went to the city. Um, I moved after that uh, to a city, a big city. And I um, started getting involved with the community. I just started um, uh, volunteering my time. I started going to school and taking classes to become a preschool teacher. and um, I started doing like volleyball with the local volleyball team. And I, I just, I started working out and I just started doing stuff. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to one of these major cities that are open and willing to hire women. And I'm going to apply for that department. So what do I need to do to get myself to that point? Now, mind you, it's, I'm already now, uh, in my mid twenties and I just didn't think I still didn't think it was going to happen. And so I tried to find the biggest city that hired the most women and it was Seattle, Washington. And I um, started to apply there and never made it. I, I never oh. even made it to an interview. <laughs> wow. I got hired with this other city that I was living in and, um, and it was like winning the lottery. And that's what they always say when you make it into the field of firefighting, it's like winning the lottery because it really is not just a profession that helps and saves people's lives, um, including educating the communities and being a part of um, a local group um, and being part of a family. It's a lifestyle. It's not, it's not just a job. It becomes your entire life. Um, most firefighters um, back in the day when uh, their lifespan after retirement was about 12 to 15 years. And that was mostly because of suicide and heart attacks. Oh, so then wow. as I came into the department that started to change because cancer started becoming a huge um, factor in death um, upon retirement. So the lifespan now ironically has uh, dropped to eight to nine years wow. um, just based on cancer. So, maybe so never, never retire. Yeah, <laughs> I you know. know. <laughs> retire, that clock doesn't start. Right. So, mo so uh, the well, eighty-year-old firefighters. That would be cool. right. Right. So a lot of people do stay because they. It's hard to leave this addiction of, you know, this just this uh, adrenaline rush and and um and and being the hero. You know, I mean, who doesn't want to be the hero? You know, yeah. um, but there are some moments of self-doubt. You know, especially as a 
female, I mean, I got treated like crap when I came in, you know, I, there was no women's bathrooms. Guys would just walk into the bathroom and take a dump right next to you. Oh my God. Um, yeah. I mean, guys would just tell you to get out, you know, or, or, you know, you know, they hope something happened to you on a call. I mean, I literally was told that um, this guy told me, you know, I hope you die on this call so I can <gasps> laugh at your funeral. Another guy told me, um, you know, in another African-American male firefighter that since we're used to being slaves, we should pick up their dishes. Oh my um, God. The, God. Yeah. The white males would sit at a different table. I mean, it was brutal. It was brutal. And um, my biggest challenge and early just to on. clarify, this would be like in the 90s. This is in the 90s. Correct. Jesus. So, um, so it was just tough times, you know, and, and I get it, you know, we're, I, I mean, they felt, I, 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 I get it because I'm, as I've been in the department longer, I'm finding more and more stuff about people, not just men, but people have yes. difficulty with change. They mm. have difficulty with progression, you know, moving forward. They yes. have difficult, I mean, the change thing, it, 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 it messes up their entire being. And um, women are great with change because we can multitask. We can, we can talk our way out of things. We can- Seems we like can... most uh, fire men maybe need a copy of Who Moved My Cheese, which is a great <laughs> book about embracing change and impact. Right. So I'm wondering like, do you ever get freaked out when you go out on a call and like, there's like this disaster and you're oh, yeah. like, okay. Oh, yeah. oh, the calls are crazy. Um, the worst calls, of course, are um, um, are the medical calls, like a child being hurt or you know dying. Um, those are the worst, and then um, and then it kind of goes from there. Fires are actually the fun part of the job. It's 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 the medical calls where there's trauma and um, and and a loved one dying in front of a loved one's eyes. So. Um, like, uh, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you mentally compartmentalize that? Because then you've got to like go home and it's not like watching a movie. Right, it's right. Like real and life. Exactly. And, and I have like all kinds of crazy stories, but um, uh, the most recent one, this just happened a couple of weeks ago. And um, the one that kind of got me and made me realize what I do, because I was waiting for this podcast to happen and, and, um, and I was uh, really thinking about this call, like what, what, what we do, how we get through those horrible um, uh, incidences, right? And I was on my way to a motor vehicle accident and I know everybody, and I've been in a long time, I know everybody who's on scene and I'm hearing this person that I speak to all the time on the radio calling for me and calling for an ambulance because he had a pediatric emergency. And his mm -hmm. voice was absolutely like I've never heard before. And it sent chills down my spine. And what I had to do, and this is gonna sound weird, but I had to actually dig inside of me and take my soul out and put it in the seat next to me as I drove to mentally detach from what I was about to witness on this call. <sighs> and I'm telling you, when you're a mom and you go to a call where the person at fault is the father, and um, I'm like going to cry and die right now myself. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was horrible. And I, and I, and I think that, you know, all my concern was my guys are my guys. Okay. Are they going to, are they going to be able to handle this call? 
Are they going to be able to go to sleep that night? Are they going to um, need to go home to their families? You know, what am I, what can I do here to help my crew? Because whether I like them or not, or whether we get along or not, it really doesn't matter at that point. My position as a chief is to, is to assist, it's to help and give firefighters what they need to accomplish a task and to get through that day and to go home safely the next morning. So my concern was really not so much about this dying child, but, but about my crew and how they're dealing with it. So how do you not take that stuff home though? Like exactly. day after day after day, it just, it's not like you can just go home and shed it. I mean, it no, just, no, I mean, the rest of it. so at some point, like, how do you just get rid of it all? Yeah. We watch a movie and it comes back again and again, but to see it in real life, that's got to be something totally different. Yeah. To see it in real life, it's not, I, it's not fun. Um, it, and it's a, it's a challenge. We, um, we are kind of sick in nature. You know, we, we laugh about a lot of things. We make jokes. Um, and I know that sounds awful, but it's sort of how you get through it. And um, men deal with things a lot differently than women. We talk it out. So we kind of get over our feelings pretty quickly, opposed to maybe a man who holds it in, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and needs to be tough. So how they deal with it is I just get in there and ask them what they need on there. And then periodically I check in and, and really that's all I can do for them. Um, I offer all kinds of services. We have programs that help people like this with counseling and, and coaching and stuff like that. But, um, for myself personally, I, I can't bring it home. You know, I have to leave it at the doorstep before I walk in the house. And, and that's probably one of my biggest challenges, but, um, but it's what I've gotten used to, you know, I, I, I've, um, just gotten used to it. And, the, the women around me that I can talk to and, and, and get this out of my system before I walk into my house and see my son um, yeah. are my, are my um, power. My husband is the most supportive person in my life and my best friend. And um, that really helps to be able to uh, um, talk about this stuff and sort of get it out and not put it internalize it all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's crazy. So I want to talk about what it's like to manage all these different male, like, per cause you know how they always say like women are the dramatic. No, no, no. Oh. I can only imagine what it's like to be like camp mom to all these yes. men who yes. probably have a lot of ego and yes. just, oh, it's gotta be just ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I I've learned to, and this is the one thing I always reacted, you know, a guy will say something. I'm just like, what'd you just say? You know, just call me or what, you know? And, um, I, now I, I can't do that. You know, my position doesn't allow me to do that. Mm -hmm. And I have to really hone in on my inner feelings, personal feelings about this individual. And I have to listen to what they say. I have to listen and I have to, um, understand like their perspective. And that's a huge challenge. I can look someone in the eye and just be like, oh my gosh, I can't stand you. You treated me like crap, you know, dick, right? 20 years ago. Yeah. And, and now you, you want help with what, you know? Um, but I have to sit there and sit and listen and, and kind of view things from that person's perspective. And, and it has really opened up so much for me. Um, it, it's changed. I, I don't take anything personally anymore. Um, Girl, you're grown now. You can handle yeah, I, this. Uh, yeah, you can't take it personally. Like, 
you know, I'm going to talk to you like an adult yeah. and hopefully you'll reciprocate that and, and, um, we can get through this together, you know, and I won't tell anybody I helped you. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, it's your, if your ego's <laughs> trying, be our secret, I, it's our secret, nobody right? Needs I, to know. Yeah. So let's so, talk about the last 18 months, because I don't know if everyone really understands that when 911 is called or when there's an emergency fires, the first one there, even if it's not a fire, right? Exactly. So anytime you call 911, Anytime it's a motor vehicle accident, I feel a strong headache and I can't walk. Or um, um, if a wires are down, the wires are sparking in front of my house. Um, you know, um, I see white powder in an envelope on my doorstep. Um, You're getting I mean, the call. I'm getting the call. So bombs, um, um, motor vehicle accidents. Um, ODs, right? ODs, Which is like the big ODs, thing right now. ODs, people jumping into the water, people drowning, people falling off cliffs. I've rescued people off cliffs. I've taken people out of the ocean. Um, why, why do people fall off cliffs? Can they not just stay on the path? There's yeah. a path built for a reason. Exactly. They're taking a I selfie on the edge with the ocean and, behind and them, what, and then they yeah. end up in it. Right. So one guy I did have to repel off the side of the cliff to save. His name was Earl. He was like 79 years old. He's from Oakland. He wanted Earl. to get a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge. And oh he God. left his walker up at the oh, top oh, geez. and went down to go take a picture. <laughs> oh, and Earl. he's clinging onto the side of the, uh, of the cliff. And I repel down on a rope and like, what are you doing? Earl, you, know? you need yeah. to stay Earl, on the get back in there. <laughs> yeah. But, Earl. but like this whole COVID thing too. I mean, you've got now That's a global worse. pandemic. You've got right. all this madness and guess what? The fire department didn't get to work from home, okay? No, we they didn't. They are at everyone's home. And so, right. I mean, the last- They're at the massive fires, at least in our area, it's, everything's on fire. Everything's right. on fire. I mean, everything's a disaster. So like, I mean, the last 18, I mean, I think your job's hard enough, like in a normal scenario, but now let's throw in like a frigging global pandemic and like people are just out of their minds right Freaking now. Out. I mean, on yeah, a scale so, of one to hard, how hard has it been? It's been absolutely a hundred percent harder. Um, when COVID hit, um, everything shut down and people went berserko. So my first, um, the first six months of COVID literally drove people to the edge. Um, we had lots of suicides, um, uh. lots of fights, lots of domestic violence, um, lots of homeless like taken over um uh, most of the population is uh people living out of their cars and tents on the sidewalks and that's sort of what's happened to the city and it's um so unfortunate and all that, cities um, like i don't think just any yeah. city, like all cities right now yeah. I mean, anywhere you want to go yeah it needs to be the same story Right. And um, I, I mean, I watched young people try to kill themselves because they couldn't stand being confined to a little apartment during COVID and nothing's open. Their, their social life is over. Um, you know, they didn't know what to do. And so you're having to have probably conversations like not only like trying to save them, but, you know, walk them off the ledge, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, you got to be yeah. trained in, I don't know, the words escaping me right now. Um, and negotiating like, um, like, um, yeah. And trying to, um, there's, there's people that do that, yeah. um, but we're first on the scene. So, um, it's been really tough. And then, and then we weren't given enough ample supplies. Um, 
Uh, we took donations. We didn't have enough masks. We didn't have, I mean, that we didn't get the vaccine until I think it was December or November, you know, it was late into the year when we finally started getting the vaccine. And then there's people in our department who didn't want to get the vaccine. Um, and mm -hmm. so it's just, it's just a mess. It's, um, it, it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been so tough and, and, you know, uh, morale is down really bad. It's, um, people. And then with the whole black lives matter, that whole thing, when that happened and the elections, I mean, it was just, it was just chaos. You guys it are was, there too. You're everywhere. We're everywhere. We're, we're in it. We're in it. Anytime there's like that you say morale is down because these are people that, I mean, except for you, uh, these are people who dreamed of this job, like yeah. their whole lives. I mean, you lit a tree on fire and then thought, there's yeah. a job. That's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, but you grow up like this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And and like you said, it's it's like you won the lottery when you finally get in. So right. here is this dream job that they, you know, their their DNA is just wired for. Yeah. And morale sucks. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Um, it's really hard to keep everyone motivated. Um uh, we're recently finally getting into um, talking about leadership skills. And um, there's a lot of new and young people have been promoted recently. I'm actually one of the older and more time in people that have been promoted. I promoted late in my career. Um, and so talking about leadership is interesting because it's, it's something that we haven't touched on before, really. We always just said, okay, you do this, you do this, you push these buttons, you fill out this paperwork, lots of paperwork, um, lots of counseling sessions, but no one really talked about what it means to be a, a real leader. And, and that's been um, eye-opening because it's not just all that paperwork and all that. It's really just listening to people. It's, it's really just talking and, and taking a moment to, to hear what they have to say and respond with with actual act, active thought you know like I hear you I may not agree with this or this or this but but I hear what you're saying and and um you, you know we're into fixing things right and maybe there's a solution for this maybe there isn't but let's find some options you what know what I find so interesting is like the the conversations you're having are like any of us business owners with our staff but like throw in your profession and like, what, what you're not out there selling insurance or closing yeah. mortgage or coloring hair. Like yeah. you're out there saving lives. And so it's yeah. such <laughs> so. a different, you know, back end. It's like, it's crazy yeah. to me to think that like those conversations are going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And the office would be exactly. Yeah. And they have to, because that person I not only are they responsible for my life, I'm responsible for theirs. So we're saving lives, but our number one concern is the person sitting next to us, right? Mm. So whether you like that person or not, you still have to be able to do your job. So you still have to be able to communicate. You still have to be able to work together because otherwise that person sitting next to you is not going home. So you, you've got to, you have to overcome your differences. And in a way where you can agree to disagree or whatever it is, but hey, what's the problem? Let's fix that problem. How can we fix that problem? Right? I don't care about your personal problem. We we got to fix this problem. Do you feel a or or how do you deal with an added level of responsibility to to not only provide those leadership skills for the whole department, but also 
for women coming through up through the department. You didn't have representation. You didn't see it. You didn't think it was possible. You didn't think that's how it worked. And now you are the representation. Yeah. What's, what does that feel like? You know, that's a great comment too, because um, when I came in, the support was not there at all. And it, it recently, well, I mean, you didn't have a bathroom for God's sake. No, I didn't even have a locker. No, <laughs> nothing. Um, nothing in came the corner. It's sizes. fine. Yeah. yeah. No, everything was in men's sizes. Um, but uh, yeah. So what's happening now is, um, uh, you know, my goal, because I'm about to leave, I'm, I'm leaving in three and a half years, I'll be retiring. And um, my goal now is to reach out to as many people as I can and, tell them that they mattered to me. You know, I'll come up with a story and I'll say, I don't know if you remember this, but you know, long time ago, you made this chicken cacciatore and it was to die for. And um, you were so patient about, you know, whatever. I mean, the guy can be a total asshole, but he made a great chicken cacciatore, you know? So um, I, I come up with something, I find something and I, and I try to tell them. And then what I'm doing also simultaneously um, is reaching out to someone new, and saying, hey, listen, I believe in you and I know that this is going to be hard. It's going to get harder, but I believe that you can persevere through this time. And what's going to happen is you're going to be confronted with an opportunity to take a promotional exam and I want you to do it. I want you to remember this conversation that you're having with me and I want you to believe in yourself and I want you to do it. And if it takes giving me a call while I'm retired and sitting on a beach in Maui, Go ahead and call me because especially the women, these young women that are coming in right now lack confidence. They're just like me. It's so weird. I thought, oh, nowadays the women must be so much stronger and so much more enlightened and powerful and, and, and courageous. And they're just like me when I got in insecure, unsure, you know, um, feeling left out and uh, alone. Is there a lot of, is this, I mean, are the people coming in? Is it, is there, obviously there's more women, but is it 50 50 or is it still pretty male dominated? No, it's, it's still 20. It's about 20% women. Wow. Um, but, um, but there's high, there are a few people that are higher up, like in my position, actually there's only three, but there are people. There's only three. <laughs> well, there's, That's there's insane. other ones behind the scenes. Right. There's That's only, insane though. I there's mean, only honestly. three other women in the suppression in the actual field. This is 2021. And I don't, I mean, and this is crazy to me. So I want to know, cause we have just a few minutes left. What's yeah. in your second act? Like what's up next for you? I know I want, I want to do so yeah, many. Apparently you have eight years after you retire. So yeah. <laughs> what's you going to do with the eight so what, years? What can I do in eight years? I, I want to, I, I really want to keep doing stuff. I want to, I want to hang out with my husband. Um, and I want to watch, I want to be there for my son. He's going to be super annoyed with me. Cause I'm going to be volunteering at a school. I'm going to be, <laughs> you know, the kids, all the, all your friends come over to our house. I'm going to bake cookies. You know, I'm, I do, I'm going to be that mom, but I also want to still do something where I can help people. So, um, in, in a different capacity where I'm not necessarily having to carry 200 pounds of equipment on my back, but maybe helping them emotionally, right. Maybe, maybe I can still help people. And I'm not, I'm not sure what it's going to be, but I, I, I want to do something. And even if it's multiple things, I, I've done many things. And during this job, I had the opportunity to be a kayak guide. And um, I, I had the opportunity to work at a bank, 
and and just kind of right. you know. oh, oh yeah take the bank job take the bank job <laughs> i i want to know though as a chief you know it's or in some or capacities like a lot of the higher ranks like they're not out in the field as much like are you out like when a call I'm, comes in you're going out you're not behind I'm, the desk yeah i'm in the field i don't sit at behind a desk and and that's something about me is that i have always been in the field mm-hmm. i've been in the front you're line amazing. this entire time and um i hurt my body's in pain um i've aged rapidly um uh and it's just um i'm just trying to hang on and i'm just trying to treat people with respect and kindness and hoping that, you know, um, they'll, they'll enjoy their day, you know, their shift because it could be their last. I've, I've aged rapidly. I'm going to now blame it on my former firefighting career. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what yeah. that's, that's going to be my new favorite line. It, it's pretty cool. I've done some pretty badass things. It's been fun. A lot of fun. I have to say, and, and, the, and the gnarliest calls are the most fun. You know, when you've got like, <laughs> fire bodies people i had a paralyzed rabbit um in a fish tank where the blind cat put the heat lamp dropped it on the paralyzed rabbit and the rabbit caught on fire and i had to go find that rabbit because that rabbit was so important to that owner and and it was a it was a fun call it was a big fire and um we found the rabbit oh my (laughs) gosh the rabbit and the cat i mean it (laughs) <laughs> Almost sounds like the start of a joke, but yet it's not. It's been not. Like, not. You're gonna have to let that rabbit go, kid. The I rabbit. Know. That rabbit's had a better day. Sorry, the rabbit's gone. The yeah. rabbit's on fire. He's yeah. he's, toast. he's toast. Oh my gosh. Well, what can we say? But thank you to our fire chief extraordinaire for joining us today oh, on you, Inspired. I actually feel like, gosh, you know, firefighting would be a fun job. It I'm inspired. <laughs> I think that uh, the younger people, I'm too old for this now, but the younger people out there should should be inspired to check out firefighting as a career. Uh, my oh, stepson awesome. actually wants to be a firefighter and he's 6'2 and he'll, he'll make it, he'll be fine. But uh, the girls out there need to be a firefighter. I think that's awesome. We need women out there. We need strong women out there. Well, thank you for being the, the representation that we can all see. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us here on Inspired.